Hey everyone, Michael here, and welcome to the Company Cast, a podcast by Company Cam where we talk all things contracting to help you take your business to the next level. Today, I sit down with my good friend Ryan Holiday of Inc. Financing, and we talk about the importance of creating a growth plan to long term sustainability of your company. Today's episode was part of Talk About It, a live series that we did on camera with me smashing soft-shelled tacos for charity. So if you hear a, just know that I polished off one more soft-shelled slice of goodness for a great cause. Let's go ahead and jump right into the content. Let's talk about it. What's up, guys? We're back. Another episode. We are on episode six to talk about it. So we are joined today by good friend Ryan Holiday of Inc. I've got my tacos. I've got my Diet Mountain Dew. Ryan, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me, Mike. Absolutely. So obviously, it's kind of a prerequisite. Do you have the tacos? You know I wouldn't show up without tacos. So I have some right here from... uh, Fuzzy's Tacos, a little hard to see, I guess, with the camera, but local shop here just outside of Tampa, delicious. Absolutely. So Fuzzy's Tacos, I'm going to try to add five Amigos Tacos to the taco counter while we're live today. Um, You've got some great advice for us. Um, So let's dig into some tacos. We'll dig into some good advice for contractors. Um, You also, I think, maybe have a chocolate milkshake? I do, because in the spirit of... You and I getting together, there has to be milkshakes. So we have a uh, chocolate peanut butter milkshake. Cheers, sir. Cheers to that. Awesome. Well, enjoy that milkshake. Um, so obviously this year, if we're talking about it, we're talking advice that you would give, or best advice that you would give to contractors. Uh, yours was on a, the growth mindset uh, for a company. I thought it was great advice. Maybe just elaborate a little high level on that, and then we'll dig into some questions here. Sure. Um, I think what uh, a lot of contractors, you know, fail to do, especially in the beginning, is talk about growth plans for the company, and you know, how do you set proper expectations? How do you uh, set proper goals, and how do you track them? Um, I, I think uh, knowing where you're going is just as important as knowing where you're at and what you need to improve to get there. So um, I felt that was a good thing for us to chat about today. Yeah. So this, this next question may, may seem obvious, but as a business owner, when do I, when do I go out and create that growth plan? Do I do it day one? I'm guessing 99% of business owners aren't doing it day one. (laughs) At what point in their, uh, life cycle, would you advise them to start thinking of the, through the growth plan and you know, putting it down on paper? So day one is the right answer. Um, you know, I think even if you don't have experience in an industry or this is a new venture for you, uh, putting, together, putting together a plan is, you know, absolutely necessary, even if you don't know how to do it. So um, I would recommend maybe a top-down approach and, you know, figure out where you want to be in the next few years. Um, five years is a good mark and uh, take it backwards from there. You know, once you know where you're headed, you can figure out what it's going to take to get there, who you need in place to uh, help get you there and uh, what the plan of action is. Perfect. So ideally it was done day one. I'm going to guess we've got a lot of contractors joining us. 
not on day one of their life cycle. Sure. And a lot of them without a growth plan in place, or maybe it's a very fuzzy growth plan. Um, what what should what goes into formulating that growth plan, or what what steps should I take as a contractor to maybe add a little clarity to maybe my growth plan? Um. Well, you can start at any time. Um, if you haven't on day one, today's a great day to start, or pick the first rainy day of the week that you get, uh, especially if you're a roofer. Um, but uh, what was the question? Where do we start? Or what do you Where, start? How, what, what, how, what how do I start? Yeah. How what, do you start? How do you, you start? You got tacos and milkshakes on your brain. Yeah. You know what goes into formulating that initial growth plan? Well. Math um, <laughs> is a big one. I would say the most obvious one um, for uh, for people who want to, I guess, just make decisions that are um, easily trackable. You know, you can, um, like I said, figure out with where you want to be. So, let's say you have the uh, goal to. Uh, generate in five years $5 million a year in revenue. So what's it going to take to get to $5 million in revenue after year five? And what's that look like for you? Um, and uh, in taking that top-down approach, like I said, you can start identifying, okay, well, if the company is doing $5 million a year, I'm doing $0 a year right now, or whatever you're doing right now, maybe it's a million dollars a year. What's it going to take for me to get to five million, and where can we improve upon the process that we have in place now in order to get there? I think one misnomer that a lot of a lot of contractors have is that in order to scale up, they have to uh, double or triple down on uh, certain resources. They need, you know, if they're doing a million a year now and they have one person in the office, they think that they're going to need five people in the office to get to five million a year, and that's certainly not true. So. I think understanding the uh, the mathematics behind everything, um, you know, tracking KPIs and um, you know understanding your margins and things like that will help you determine how you want to spend uh, money. You know what your use of funds is, where you want to apply those funds, and when you want to apply those funds. Perfect. You hit on a couple things I really want to dive into. Um, we're going to take a break here shortly. I want to dive into the KPIs, the margins, those kind of things after the break. Uh, but before we get to a quick break, let's talk about who needs to know this plan, because I think that's probably a spot where a lot of contractors are falling, falling short. They, they may have the plan. It may be a fuzzy plan in their mind of, hey, we did $3 million last year. I want to do $5 million this year. A three-year plan, I want to do $10 million a year. Who else needs to know that plan? Who else needs to see that vision? I think everybody needs to know the plan. Um, if you want to, if you want to be a one man show and go out and get to 5 million a year on your own, be my guest. Um, but, uh, I'd say it's going to take a team and every person needs to know their role, their responsibility. They need to know um, how they're going to execute, what the support structure is going to be like. And, and, um, everyone's going to have to come back and report their, uh, you know, their findings on a regular basis. You know, what, what, uh, what do we accomplish? How are we tracking that data? And then how are we, uh, improving upon it so that we can get to where we want to be. And I think most folks, they're going to set goals where um, I, I think if they're, if they're doing all those things and staying on track that they can probably 
uh, exceed their initial goal and revise down the line and, and find out that there's much more that's possible once you start, um, you know, tracking all those key performance indicators. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think you're dead on. I think everybody needs to know the plan, know the vision, and then having some ideas as to what role do I play in getting us to that goal? What can I do? Um, do you think that having some transparency, obviously, um, there's a, a level of transparency that you probably don't want to just expose everything to your employees, but well, having some transparency so that they kind of have an idea of, hey, where are we at? Are we close? Are we hitting these numbers? Uh, is that something you would recommend for contractors uh, to do with their employees? You know, I think a lot of folks, and this can be in any business, but uh, particularly with contractors, they're worried about everybody knowing the numbers. You know, roofing in particular is not difficult in my opinion. Um, most people know what materials cost. Most, most people know what labor costs. I mean, if you're brand new in the industry, you're gonna know these things within six months anyway. And at the end of the day, if you know what you're charging your customers and you can, you know, figure a couple things out, you're going to understand how much the contractor is actually making or the company is making um, in profit on these jobs. So it doesn't, I, I think, take rocket science to understand all that. So why would you want to tr try and make an effort to really hide it from everybody? I, I just Let's be open about it. I, I think everyone brings strengths to an organization and you can also bring weaknesses but um what everyone obviously wants to focus on is is individual strengths and even though people have this information understand this information doesn't mean that they're going to go out and just start their own company and become a competitor and you know what if they do um that gives you an opportunity to learn and grow from the experience and it, and it doesn't always mean that um it's going to be a bad thing there's always a good uh there, there's there's always a good side to having friendly competition you know you go and work in a neighborhood and people uh people need options whenever they're selecting a roofer well if you know the other two roofers in the neighborhood it what's good for the goose is good for the gander you know so i think um that's a that's a really weird way and sometimes a challenging way to look at things but i i think everybody should understand the plan everyone should be involved in the plan and everyone um, should be clear on their role within the organization and how they're going to contribute to the the greater success. Because just as just as uh, most business owners are learning throughout this process is that if they can't do it on their own, um, they're going to need the help. That means the next person isn't going to be able to do it on their own. And they're going to need the help. So it's not as easy for everyone just to jump up and go do their own thing. I think as as most people think. So. I would uh, include everybody and, and make sure that everyone's understanding of, of that role and how to contribute. Yeah, I completely agree. And I'm even thinking, I think like you said, on roofing, it's fairly straightforward. I'm guessing any of the industries as you dive deeper into them, you know, it's pretty easy. Like, hey, we want to paint this house. We expect it to take us 60 hours to paint the house. If we can do that in 58 hours, there's no easier way to grow than to just improve your margins. And we'll talk about that with our KPIs, improve the margins on our existing jobs. We don't have to close more jobs. We don't have to do anything. Let's just make more money on the jobs we've already got. And so, you know, it, finding ways I think to incentivize the team to chase those numbers, to hit those goals. I think that's a very important thing. I would assume that's probably something that you would echo as well is, you know, finding goals and celebrating those successes in some capacity with your team. 
Yeah, you know, I mean, build a company that people don't want to leave, you know, get that company growing and maximize your potential. I think so many, so many uh, folks, they're going to focus on um, certain aspects of the business that they may feel important or that they need to protect. But at the end of the day, speed to market and how well you treat your employees is just so important. Um, if you've worked on developing your uh, your branding, your marketing, and you know your company mission, and you really set out to uh, to make a difference or show that you're you're different than everyone else, then you know capitalize on that and and make it happen as quickly as possible. At the end of the day, you know if you grow a super successful company that's doing let's say 10, 15, 20 million dollars a year in even just one state or two states. Um, which I would consider, you know, fairly successful company. Uh, the idea that someone's going to leave that and take what you've done and go out and duplicate is, is, you know, not likely. So, um, yeah, I, I think, uh, that, that, that's where, that's where the focus needs to lie is, is growth for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, episode two, we talked with Matt Grassmeyer about creating powerful moments for your team. And I think that, you know, if you take some of his advice and then you look at, hey, we're growing now, what can I do to keep my team happy, keep my team engaged, keep my team on board? I yeah. think that is, you know, imperative to keeping your team there. You yeah. know, if they want to be there, they're not going to leave. There's no reason to. So as long as they feel taken care of and as a part of the team. So I think those are great advice uh, points there. Let's go ahead and take a quick break here, and we will be right back with Ryan Holiday for me. Let's talk about it. This episode of the Company Cast is brought to you by Company Cam, the only app every contractor needs. Let's Company Cam makes it dead it. simple to communicate, document, and problem solve with guys in the field, no matter where you are. Check out Company Cam Let's and Company Cam Pro it. now with video. Let's talk about it. What's up, guys? We're back here. Ryan Holiday with Inc. Uh, like we talked about earlier, Ryan, I wanted to dive into the KPIs a little bit. Um, in your opinion, before we talk about, you know, holding people accountable to hitting KPIs, how do I incentivize it? What are some good KPIs um, for a contractor to have uh, in terms of growing their company? Well, I uh, knew we'd be talking about this today, so I wrote a couple down. Um, I mean, there's, there's so many that you can track and I think it's uh, divisible by department, of course, but some of the ones particularly for contractors, obviously, you know, number of new contracts in a month. Um, you know, you had brought it up earlier. Uh, there's a lot of companies out there that, you know, they're doing, let's say a million or two this year, but next year they're all of a sudden going to want to do 8 million. They say, yeah, we're on track to do this. Well, what did you do last year? You know, that'd be my first question. If, if they did 2 million this year and they only did 1 million last year, what, what is leading everyone else to believe that they're going to, you know, forex um, their volume without some significant, you know, improvements and changes. And then what do you need to track in order to get there? How do you hold people accountable on, on the way there? So, um, you know, number of new contracts in a month is a great one to track for sales. Um, the uh, dollar value of your contracts, you always want to know um, what's the average, you know, what's the average contract amount. And then uh, after everything's said and done, you know, th throw in some financial KPIs, like what is uh, my gross margin? What is my net margin at the end of the day when everyone's paid? How much do I make on each job, each roof, whatever the case may be? Um, 
you know, and then you figure out that uh, the average net margin, and then you can do some simple math by saying, okay, well, if we do, you know, X number more jobs per month, and we can expect this amount uh, in additional revenue, and that's going to get us on track. And then we need to continue that trend uh, moving forward if we want to hit that, uh, that 8 million. But most folks, you know, they, uh, like I said before, want to double down on, on existing efforts. And sometimes that's not always the best because really then you're just doubling uh, operating expenses or, um, you know, uh, other spends within the company that don't really relate to a higher, I'm sorry, a higher ROI. So. Yeah. So one that is very familiar in a lot of contracting worlds is door knocking. And I think you hit the nail on the head there where, you know, if it took us a thousand door knocks to get X number of contracts last year, well, if we do 2000 door knocks, we're going to get two X the contracts, which the math plays out. But like you said, you've got to double your, um, your team out there to do that. What about some KPIs that would maybe be around improving that percentage at the door or uh, maybe a KPI on getting leads that would be outside of door knocking or whatever it is, you know, are those KPIs that would be smart to track in your opinion? Yeah. You always want to be looking for opportunities to improve your current processes. So rather than doubling down, you know, what can you do to make your process more effective, more efficient, and uh, therefore increase your sales and your margins? Um, do you really want to double down your efforts to go knock twice as many doors next year? Or do, would you rather uh, explore uh, some additional uh, potential marketing opportunities through social media or SEO or some form of internet marketing, you know, uh, uh, partnerships with uh, other companies that, you know, can help get you business and, and, and you complement theirs. There's a lot of different ways to, to get that additional business. And I think, you know, tracking the various KPIs, understanding your numbers really helps you uh, begin to explore those things. I would, I would, you know, there, there's always, there's always a way to improve something. If anyone's complacent in their business and they say, nope, we're doing everything exactly the way it needs to be done and they're not willing to change. I think that is, you know, that, that's something to be fearful of. I'd be scared of anyone that has that sort of mindset because um, times change regardless of whether or not businesses want to. And, um, you know, I, I would continuously explore any ways in which you can improve. Yeah. And I, I would add, uh, no matter the contracting space you're in, if you're out door knocking, I would make sure that you're tracking how many doors are we knocking a day and not yep. because, hey, I want to hold your hand as a door knocker and make sure you're working. But I want to know, hey, how many are you knocking? How many are you getting on the roof of those doors that you're knocking? Because that's going to help me understand how, the, uh, you know, how we're doing out there. Could we get better sales training for our team? You know, could we make our door knockers more efficient? Could we spend more money on our marketing so that, you know, people know us when we knock on the door and they say, oh, you're that company. Um, sure. Absolutely. I see you all over Facebook. I see this. I see that. I would love an inspection. You know, how can I get that inspection percentage to go? If it's 20, how do I get it to 30 or 35 or 40? Because now I'm growing with the same size staff. Uh, and I think that's kind of what you're getting at there is, you know, how do I get more out of what we're currently doing? So you're not in roofing and it's, you know, you're in painting or HVAC or whatever it is. And it's, you're out running appointments, those kind of things. Again, how do I increase that number of appointments, you know? how do I get Johnny to be out uh, giving five quotes a day instead of three? And a lot of that is, is marketing. We can get into that a little bit more 
one thing that comes to mind for me is how as a business owner do I hold my team accountable to hit KPIs, make sure they're being responsible to hit those KPIs without, you know, coming across as that dictator that's just, you know, breathing down their neck 24-7. Yeah, well, I, I think um, it goes back to inclusion, you know, making sure everyone understands the plan and uh, understands their role from the beginning. And then, um, you know, it's as simple as having a, a meeting every week, maybe twice a week. Um, what we do at Inc. is we have a leadership meeting on Tuesdays and Thursdays, and that gives us an opportunity at the beginning and, and the end of the week to, um, you know, kind of discuss what we've um, accomplished for the week. And then if, there, if there's certain things that are kind of bogging us down or we need help in certain areas, we bring other people in to uh, help get that goal accomplished. So, you know, it's really, it's really, you know, quite simple stuff in my opinion to, uh, you know, set a, set an appropriate schedule with your team, just stay in constant contact with them, continually review, um, you know, review your KPIs, you know, what's on target, what's not, what can we adjust to uh, improve and make sure that we do reach those targets. And, uh, you know, holding someone accountable is not, or incentivizing them is, is uh, it's not always just, you know, promising more money and holding them accountable isn't always telling them that they've done something wrong. It may be, um, it may be doing something different. How can you help? You know, it's, it, it's always about working together as a team to accomplish the overall goal of the company. I really encourage everyone to kind of, you know, set aside, um, I, I think, anything uh, that has to do with them personally or, or, uh, any uh, agendas that they may have and really focus on what's best for the company because that's going to be uh, what's best for everybody. And um, at the end of the day, keeps, keeps it so that no one's really, no one's really feeling that, you know, they're, they're pressured or they're being forced to do it, you know, into doing something. I think everyone has, uh, that's part of a team should want to improve and want to help others grow. Yeah, absolutely. I, mean, I think, and you know, we're talking about KPIs, I think a lot of that comes down to you as an owner setting good KPIs for your team. Uh, you know, Johnny says he wants to go out and sell 2 million in roofs this year. His KPI cannot be sell, you know, let's say 2.4 million. So I don't have to do any crazy math. His KPI cannot just be to sell 200,000 a month. Like that, that's not a good KPI because when you go and you say, Hey, Johnny, where are you at? I did 160. No, you didn't hit it or you did hit it. You know, helping Johnny reverse engineer, well, what's it going to take to get that? You know, what's your, you know, average closing percentage? What's this? What's that? Johnny, this is what you're going to need to do. And it may be as simple as X number of door knocks a day. Johnny, I think you need to knock this many doors a day. If you can increase your closing percentage, though, by X percent, help him see that to get to that, you know, whatever number it is, 2.4. Well, if he can just increase his, you know, inspection percentage and his closing percentage by a little bit, he can get to 3 million actually doing these numbers, those kind of things. So I think that's very important uh, as well. What do you, you, you mentioned you wrote some stuff down. Did you write anything down from like a marketing um, or, you know, just overall margins number? I know you love numbers, um, KPIs that they could be maybe tracking. Yeah. Um, I got some marketing stuff. I, I can give you an example. Maybe let's say you have a company that does $3 million a year. Okay. And that company wants to get to 6 million a year. Now, does that mean you just have to double down on all efforts or how do you incentivize your existing team? Is it, you know, giving them uh, more of a bonus? Maybe it's, it's not making more money. Maybe it's improving 
uh, improving their success rate. You know, so using that example, let's say, um, let's say you had to make the decision between, do I go from paying my salesman 10% to paying them 12% and that's going to incentivize them to want to go out and make more money. Now they have the opportunity to make more. They're going to go make more. That's, that's typically not the case. Um, you know, you should probably think of it as, well, if we're doing $3 million a year and instead of going from 10% to 12% commission, let me take that extra 2%, that's $60,000 a year. And let's apply it to, let's say a, uh, uh, customer support specialist, someone that does nothing but follow up with my customers, make sure that they received fantastic experience and see if they have, um, you know, anyone that they can refer and, you know, helping, helping the sales team get more referrals is I, I think would be much more valuable to me as a salesperson than just telling me, yeah, you have the opportunity to make two more percent. Um, so, you know, when, when you understand those numbers, when you understand your, your gross margins, your net margins, um, what else do I have here for, uh, for marketing, you know, tra your web traffic, uh, you know, what's your conversion rate, your customer acquisition costs is, is a huge thing to understand. Um, if you go out and spend $10,000 in marketing and that nets you, let's say 10 roofs. Okay. Your customer acquisition cost is a thousand dollars a roof. A lot of people say, well, I've never paid a thousand dollars to get a roof lead. Well, if you paid a thousand dollars, uh, per lead, you spent 10 grand, but you've got 10 roofs that were 12,000 a piece. It's 120 grand. If you've got a 25% net margin, you just made $30,000. I don't know about you, Gogan, but if I had 10 grand and could make 30,000 in the next, you know, 30, 60, 90 days off that investment, I'd want to do that all day long. So, you know, there's, um, I think different ways in exploring and understanding the numbers that can really uh, that, that so many people just think like, Oh, I don't want to track this. I don't want to track that. It's just extra work. And you know, why, why we even need to know this stuff? Well, if you don't track it in the first place, how are you going to know exactly how to improve? And that's, that's really, I think the key is look, this guys, this is like, this is business, especially, um, I don't know. I think in, especially in insurance restoration, there's a lot of money to be made. It can be, it can very much become like a video game. Once you understand the numbers and how to, apply uh you know appropriately to your business no absolutely and i think you know with your example there of hey would you spend that thousand dollars to get a roof you're that's a very simple way of looking at it also because you know go back to your customer specialist support specialist that you were talking about hiring well that thousand dollars that i spent to acquire customer a let's pretend we do an amazing job because that's what we do at our company how many people does customer A now refer to us that, you know, we can start attributing some of that back to that initial thousand. And so, yep. you know, I think, and I think that's actually where a lot of just contractors in general, they're so excited to go out and get that next contract that sometimes they maybe let their quality of work slip through the cracks and, you know, maybe it is hiring. I think that's a great idea. Hire that customer specialist that says, you know, we're going to follow up with all these people, make sure they had that five-star experience, see what referrals they have, tell their friends about what great job we did, share out on social media, those kind of things. Um, and that opens up a whole plethora of new KPIs. Now that person has KPIs that they're chasing. You know, how many likes can we get on Facebook? How many shares can we get? Um, lots of little things there. Um, you've talked about incentivizing a little bit here and there. Um, 
obviously having a good incentive structure is important. Uh, how, imp how important is making sure I know my incentive structure and my overall gross margin and my net margins and all of that? How important is it to make sure those things are aligning in my business? Well, I mean, <laughs> if they're not aligning, you might be out of business soon. So I'd say it's, it's very important. Um, and, you know, th this sort of stuff is not, uh, to, it get, this, th this stuff gets me excited. And I, I don't know, maybe it's because I'm a math guy. And, but I, I just like to know that there's an opportunity or there's always an opportunity to review current processes and systems and make them better. And it's not that what you're doing is wrong. It's not that what somebody else is doing is, is better than what you're doing. This is more about um, what can I do to improve and make, make life easier. It's not just for, for me as a business owner, it's for everyone within the organization. If we can do all the same amount of work, but do a few tweaks to our process and all of a sudden we've uh, increased revenue by 25 or 50%, that's huge. That's a major win. Imagine if you could go to work every week and every week, you know, you come home with the same paycheck, but you know, this week you go into work and your boss says, Hey guys, we're going to take a look at a couple things and just uh, uh, change a couple pieces of our process. But it's, it's about the same amount of work. And at the end of the day, we're going to pay you 30% more on your paycheck this week. Sound good? Like who would say no to that? And, and that's really what we're talking about here is, um, you know, just start with a, a profit and loss statement. You know, if you never, if you've never put one together, Google it, start with a spreadsheet, just open the spreadsheet. Just, I don't care if you start writing down, just here's what I think everything's going to cost. Um, somewhere on, on the internets, there's a, uh, there's a template for you to go off of and, and uh, start building your P&L and, and use the internet as, as a, a great basis for, you know, finding those sorts of guides and, and putting your information together. But simply starting with a profit and loss statement can help you, um, it can help you build projections. It can help you understand your gross margins, your net margin, um, and you know how much money you're going to be making at the end of the day after everybody's paid, and then where to dump gas in that fire. What's working? What's not working? And how do I improve it? Um, you know, through tracking all these KPIs and then updating the P&L. It may sound like um, extra work, but if it's done right, it's the only thing that you'll have to do, and your business is going to run run itself with the right individuals. Absolutely. No, I, I completely agree with you, and it 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 seems obvious that, Hey, I have to know my gross, my net, you know, I have to know those numbers, but it, unfortunately I think a lot of contractors or just business owners in general, they don't necessarily know those numbers. And so, you know, the money's coming in, they think they're doing great. Yeah. We can give you a little more commission. We can do this. We can pay that. We can spend more here. And if you don't truly know those numbers, know where my leads are coming from, those kind of things. Like you said, you don't know where to pour, pour gasoline on the fire. And yep. you might be pouring in a completely wrong spot or you might be spending, you know, pouring gasoline that you shouldn't be pouring. You just, yeah. um, you know, you see, yeah, things are great. Um, last thing before I let you go. And I think this is um, probably, it pertains for sure to roofing, um, interior restoration, but I'm guessing there's a lot of, you know, if HVAC, if you've got a unseasonably warm or cold uh, season, I could see it happening. How important is it to look at factors that would maybe be abnormal when trying to project growth? And, you know, yeah, we had, shout out Hail Trice, say we had three five-star Hail Maps this week or this month um, or this year, you know, or, you know, whatever it is, 
how important is that to maybe put a little asterisk next to it so that you're not, you know, demoralized then the next year when you don't grow like you wanted to? Yeah. Um, I think it's super important. Uh, you know, you can't have a banner year and then if it's all contributed to uh, uh, weather events in your area that were obvious indicators of, of added, you know, added uh, revenue, you can't use that as your standard moving forward. So um, certainly I guess um, an anomalous year would be something to track, you know, within your, within your numbers. Um, I'm trying to think of something else that would be kind of a weird, a weird thing to track, uh, especially for like a roofing business that um, otherwise wouldn't. Well, well, I love frequency of the weather. Everyone always, you know, I think roofers quietly root for storms. Mm -hmm. um, maybe not so quietly, but yeah, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, along with those storms and the and the weather patterns. I mean, you may be excited to get a lot of business, but what happens if if that also is then followed by a rainy season, you know, so you have the store, you get the storms that you want, but there's too many of them. You can't put roofs on or, you know, you're out writing contracts. How do you, how do you end up, you know, servicing all that demand um, in case other things outside of your control happen. And, you know, oddly enough, the weather is the one thing that we all kind of root for then it all kind of screws us in the end too with scheduling. So it's like, you know, you may get the storm, the storm that you want, but then it could be uh, subsequently followed by just rain, 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 rain. What do you do then? You got a bunch of customers expecting a roof on it. You know, the, the excuse of, well, we can't stop the weather only holds so long. And as, as common as you may think that that is from a roofer perspective, from a customer perspective, they don't care. They don't care that it's raining. They just want their new roof. In fact, it's raining. It might rain through their old roof if you don't put the new one on. So, um, you know, it's it, customer service. I think is is uh, I, I think uh, one of those one of those aspects of our uh, of the roofing industry and our our industry uh, in insurance restoration as I, I guess under uh, underserved and with a little bit of um, with a little bit of uh, added customer service, I think you can avoid certain situations like that. If, if the get the customer to fall in love with you and your company, and then when things like that come up, it won't be such a big issue. Yeah, absolutely. And that's kind of where I was going with it is, you know, when I build my growth plan, I, I can't have in my growth plan, well, this is what we were gonna do if Mother Nature cooperated with us. You know, you've gotta put in your growth plan and in your KPIs, things that you can control. And I hear it all the time, like you said, from roofers, uh yeah we we would have done 10 million it just didn't get any hail or we haven't had hail in three years what are we going to do so i think it's important to make sure in your growth plan it's things you can control um i think that's a that's a great kind of ties it all together you know know your numbers create kpis on things that you can control as you as you scale your team um yep. and find places to pour gasoline on the fire so yep ryan uh I hope you got your milkshake at least a little bit gone. I made you do most of the talking here today. I do. Um, but uh, it was a pleasure as always. So, you know, thank you so much for joining us. We added five tacos to the taco counter today, which is great. Um, Ryan Holiday with Inc. And his advice, know your numbers, create a growth, uh, 
uh, formula off of those numbers. So huge thanks, Ryan, and uh, we'll see you guys next week. This episode of the Company Cast is brought to you by Company Cam. Company Cam makes it easy to document your job sites, communicate with crews, subs, and even insurance adjusters. And now it's free. Check it out in the App Store or at companycam.com.